Are we good? It's recording. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> the fucking Movie Boys podcast. Um, as always, I'm Dylan. I'm Corey. Well, I guess not as always, because now that we live yeah. in Seattle, Maddie isn't a part of it. But she will be uh, intermittently. We're definitely going to, you know, try to try to get her involved as much as possible. But unfortunately, just with the time change, and I don't know if she sees that many movies anymore, really, without us. Um, it's just a little different. But whenever there's something that she wants to talk about or something that she's seen, like, she's going to be on the podcast to talk about it. Um, so if Maddie was your... Was your uh, canonical favorite then you know you're in luck she'll be back i promise um so long time since we've done an episode we're not really going to talk about everything we can't talk about every single movie we've seen since then this has been a lot we We, didn't even get to do our last jedi episode yeah we never did we planned on doing a big one but it just didn't end up working out but luckily for all of you guys we decided to prioritize the podcast after we watched the entire fast and furious series so at least you have that to look forward to and for some reason, we're doing this first episode while eating hot wings. Corey thought it'd be funny, oh, and yeah. I guess three other people on Twitter thought it would be funny too. So here we are. Jeff, oh my god, Jeff is here too. Still, of course. I hope so. Couldn't have an episode without Jeff. Jeff. Okay, so let's just kick right into Fast and Furious, shall we? Hello. So we started watching these because. I had seen Tokyo Drift before, and it was, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't really like it. I watched it because, like, I thought it was going to be, like, so bad that it was good, but it was kind of just really bad and kind of boring, and everything about it was boring except for a little Bow Wow and his green Hulk car, but, uh-huh. like, the main character was, like, supposed to be 17, but I swear to God, that guy's, like, 28. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I looked it up, and he was 26. Yeah. I remember that. He was 26, supposed to be, like, 17. He's, like... Hi, I'm a high school senior. They didn't even try. Yeah, they didn't try at all. Um, like, with, like, Disney Channel, like, growing up, like, watching Disney Channel and seeing all those people that were, like, supposed to be teenagers, at least they passed for teenagers, even though they were actually, like, 22, you know? The girl from 13 Reasons Why with fucking neck tattoos is more believable as a teenager because than this guy is. That's true. Um, what's her name? Sky? Yeah. Um, but, it, like, um, we don't have to kick right into Tokyo Drift, but that was our kind of, like re-entry back into the series because when we were in california just hanging out doing whatever we we were with a bunch of my friends we watched tokyo drift and a couple days later we got home and Corey was like all hopped up on codeine because she was sick and she's like let's watch the fast and the furious (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna milk this fucking situation to death um so we did and honestly some real fucking heaters in there i'm not gonna lie i just I just didn't grow up in a Fast and Furious household, so I just thought from, like, as an outsider that they were just bad and stupid. And, like, they are, like, stupid. Oh, don't get it but, twisted, like, yeah. they're, like, fun and stupid. Like, I didn't I didn't think that I was gonna come out of watching the Fast and Furious movies as, like, a Fast and Furious fan. I, did, I didn't think, I, I did <laughs> not think that that was gonna happen. A full-on stan, not even a fan or a supporter. Yeah. Who's your OTP, if you're a real stan? Um... Letty and Vin Diesel's character. Hmm. What's his name? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Dom. Um, yeah, Dom. Also, Han and um, Gail Gadot's character. I don't know her name. I like them, too, as well. You weakling. The only correct answer is Vin Diesel and The Rock. 
Yeah, um, yeah, that's fine too. Um, or the Rock and Jason Statham. That's Shaw. And the oh, that is Shaw. I thought yeah. you were talking about um the first the Brazilian Shaw. cop from Fast and Furious oh, Four. Oh no, no, yeah. I don't mean the first Shaw. I mean Jason Statham, like yeah, his Jason brother. Statham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one too. Um, so I don't really want to go like movie by movie, but like just a f- just like kind of a thing because obviously I want to like talk about it and kind of describe what was so good about it. So the first movie kind of starts out and the first movie is a lot different than all the others because it obviously is the first one and like but like I had only seen Too Fast Too Furious and Tokyo Drift so I kind of only really knew like I don't really know a whole lot like those two are pretty drastically different movies but the first one's like a real straight up like it's not really about the cars or about but it's just, like cars are just kind of a set piece for like a crime movie mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of like a crime detective not really like a slow burn style movie but like kind of is like where brian paul walker's character is an undercover cop and he's like actually investigating vin diesel and his friends because there's a string of like souped up dvd player robberies yeah dvd player robberies is the thing uh 1999 actually but yeah i mean fair enough um yeah, there's, like, a string of, like, these souped-up, like, cars that are stealing a bunch of, like, like DVD players and electronics yeah. out of semi-trucks, like, while the semi-trucks are moving. Um, and, I don't know, it's a, yeah, it's very 90s, but, like, he kind of gets drawn into the life, and he, you know, the big underlying theme of Fast and Furious is family, you know, family is everything, that's what Vin Diesel says in every movie, and he kind of gets roped into being that family because he and the Vin Diesel kind of begins to like trust him and earn his respect. And, um, he falls in love with Dom's, um, yeah, with Dom's sister and you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, Brian gets inside information that one of these trucks that Vin Diesel is, he finds out that Vin Diesel is the robbers. That's it. That's the whole thing. Like, he actually thinks it's a different, a group, um, what is it, like Johnny, Johnny Chan or Johnny Chan, I think. Like, there was a rival, like, bike group that he thought was a part of it, but it turns out that they were sort of just, like, external middlemen sort of thing, like, or just, like, different people who were, like, purchasing those products that they were stealing, and Brian found out that Vin Diesel was the person and that they weren't going to be, they were going to get caught, and so he, he outs himself as a cop to um, Vin Diesel's sister and outs him again in front of Vin Diesel as they're trying to, like, save one of their friends and whatever, but... In the end of the movie, kind of in a show of like camaraderie and sort of like a not really sure, like a, a sign of conflict, I guess. Brian, without with the chance to arrest Vin Diesel, lets him go. Um, and that's a like that was a really solid movie. Like just kind of it was like on his own. Um, and like after that, like after Tokyo Drift, they kind of turn into like heist movies, which I think is kind of funny mm-hmm. because like the first couple of movies are really heavy on like the street racing thing, mm-hmm. and then like. After you get to, like, the fourth movie on them, they're just, like, heist movies, which I think is why I like, I like the ones, I don't know, I like the ones that are later on, even though I do like the first one, but, um, and I do like Too Fast, Too Furious, but, I don't know, and I've never been, like, a heist movie fan, but I feel like these are the ones that I actually kind of like, because they're not, they don't, like, complicate the plot, which is, like, why I never liked, like, when we watched Ocean's Eleven, I just, it was so, it was just boring. It was a lot of information. Yeah. It was like, very information-based instead of, like, action-based. Yeah, and that's 
why I ended up liking um, the Fast and Furious movies, because it was more like action, and like a lot of the plot was just so simplified, because they're audience is like probably mostly like 13 year old boys so it's like we have to we can't make the plot too complicated or else like we'll lose everybody Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i think they were just like enjoyable to me like i didn't have to think too much when i watched them Mm -hmm. which was nice they were just very enjoyable they're very straightforward movies and i think that they do well because of that like i think the movies like the series gets a lot of shit because it's like really simplified kind of like bro movies but like I don't know, like, I think the, I think honestly, like, this is sort of a skip ahead thought, but like, one thing, like, and this is a little dramatic as well, but like, one thing that I kind of like came to a full realization about after watching these movies and like having so much fun watching them is like, I don't really like, I don't know, like, you kind of have to be able to like turn, I I feel like you kind of have to be able to turn off your brain to enjoy movies in general. And like regardless of whether they're like smart movies or not you sort of you need to be able to like focus on what's happening in front of you you have to kind of suspend disbelief you kind of have to like follow your own things and kind of lose yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and like these movies to me were like a case in point of like and i'm not like i'm not trying to pat myself on the back but it's like to be able to appreciate these movies like i'm not saying you need like a high iq i'm not on some rick and morty shit here (laughs) but it's just one of those things where it's like I feel like I could trust a film fan a lot more if they told me straight up, like, oh, I watched Fast and the Furious and it was great. Yeah. Compared to someone who was like, oh, Fast and Furious? Oh, those movies are dumb. Like, oh, or those like, movies are bad. Whatever stuff is like... before they even saw them, which is, like, what I did. Like, I grew up making fun of the Fast and Furious movies because I thought that they were just dumb bro movies. And, like, like you said, I'm not trying to turn them into, like, some pretentious, like, intellectual thing because they're not. But, like they're good for what they are Mm -hmm. and i and yeah that's it that's really it there's not really anything else to like be said about them they're really good they're really straightforward they're really fun yeah all the characters are super likable yeah like that's the thing that i didn't expect the most was that you'd actually come to really care about all of these characters like some more than others i thought what they did with letty i i kind of found it hard to like really get into Lady's character. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, this is actually kind of funny. This is, like, one of the campiest things they did was, um, in Fast and Furious 4, Vin Diesel finds out that Michelle Rodriguez, who was his girlfriend in the earlier movies, um, like, was part of, like, a cartel gang. Like, she started, like, driving for the cartel, and she died. Um, but then in Fast and Furious 6, we find out that she didn't die. She just got amnesia. No, she, like, he, like, blew up her car or something, and because of that, she got amnesia. And so, then she joined, like, the rival team, basically. Yeah. The rival gang in, like, the UK. Yeah, something along those lines. Like, it didn't make any sense. It was pretty clear that they did that just because the movies were getting bigger, and they were like, uh, fuck. Um, yeah, they wanted an excuse. I'm like, what's whatever, but... I, yeah, after I kind of found it hard to like really let her back in because of that. Which is understandable. But yeah, like Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, The Rock. The Rock's character oh my God, is great. He's so good. I think he's probably my favorite character he's in those mine, movies. Yeah. Like probably, probably goes The Rock, then Paul Walker, then Tyrese. Tyrese's character. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot too. He's always eating in like every scene. It's yeah. really funny. 
Yeah. I like Ludacris too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why did you like The Rock so much? I just like The Rock and everything that he did. Yeah. I just like him like as a person. I don't know. He just—he's just so likable. Mm-hmm. Like he just seems like such a nice person, and like even though he's in like only stupid action movies, I like it's a selling point to me of The Rock is in something. Mm-hmm. Just, like it shouldn't be because he's only in like bad movies. But I just—he's like the highest him. paid actor for a reason. Yeah, I just like him. I don't know. Yeah. And I thought his character, his character was like the definition of like campy action hero mm-hmm. character. He's like like um Kurt Russell in like Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like cheesy one liners all the time. Yeah. I can see that. Um He is very like by the book. I think I liked him because they didn't sacrifice his morals to make him a believable character. Yeah. Because he was like this gung ho cop and he's very straight-laced, very by the book. You know, like, he doesn't... Never at one point does he, like, join them, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always, like, him either, like, reaching out for help or, like, there's, like, a mutual respect thing or it's, like, a deal or something like that. Or he's, like, okay, because of this, like, you get, like, a head start, but then I'm coming after you. Like, he, they never, like, sacrificed his morals just for the sake of, like, making the movie more fun. But then at the end of, like, the last one... He does kind of become like part of their family too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen with his character until like the next movie, but yeah, well, that's true. Cause yeah, he gets um yeah, in Fate of the Furious, he gets like set up or framed or something by Vin Diesel. I don't really know like the correct word, but like um what, wait, what are you doing? I'm breaking off the chicken so that I can dip it in the ranch easier. Like, so I can peel off the chicken. You're, like, dissecting that. Well, I have to That's all you want? the ranch, yes. What about the skin? I'll use it if it stays on, but if it doesn't stay on, I won't eat it. That's, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. This is... I wish everyone could see this. This is fucking weird. <laughs> I have this to, is, like, the weirdest I'm way of eating wings I've ever seen. Ranch. I don't want to dip the whole thing in the ranch. This is wild. This is some bullshit right here. I'm not gonna lie. But... Anyways, Fast and Furious fucking kicks ass. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I think I'm gonna talk about Fast and Furious wise was something that you brought up, which is like, there's always kind of a thing when you're watching not like older movies, but like older movies, yes, but like in this context, older is like Early 15 years old. Yeah. Always when you're like when you're watching those like 15 year old, 10 year old movies. There's always some, like, stupid fucking joke or, like, just oh, some yeah. humor that, like, aged poorly. But it never happened in Fast and Furious series. Like, we watched, like, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And it's like, I still think that that's a funny movie and stuff. But there's, like, a bunch of shit that doesn't age well. Like, mm-hmm. even when you go back not even that far, like, The Hangover in 2011, there's still shit that you're like, uh, like, yeah. like, it just doesn't age well. And I'm not saying that, like, for me, it's, like, a huge deal breaker or whatever like that. But it's, like... It just it takes me out of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely like reminiscent of its time. You're yeah. kind of just like, uh, you know. But it never fucking happened in Fast and Furious. I was waiting for them to like make some joke about like transgender people or like some bullshit. But the worst I ever got was like, oh, bro, don't be a fucking girl or something like yeah. that. And it's like that's not even 
And it's like, that doesn't even really count because all the girls in the movies are like fucking hard as nails. So it's like, it's not even like that. There's no like any of those like gay jokes that I mm-hmm. feel like are in any of those movies where it's like two guys talking and then someone in the background's like, gee, stop, stop. Like when you guys gonna get married or just like some You're gonna like, suck his dick? Yeah, some like low hanging fruit like that that's in like every movie from like 2003 to like 2000 like 11 yeah. and there wasn't like anything like that in any of the movies and it was it was just like so surprising to mm-hmm. me. I thought that for sure be something yeah and it's not even like the out it's not even like that they made a point to be inclusive it was more noticeable that it just never happened like yeah. you're always kind of waiting for it and it just never really came and it was just sort of like oh okay like it was just really refreshing yeah it's not like yeah, it's like yeah. all of their humor was like was like really good and they didn't have to reach to being like sexist or homophobic or transphobic in order to like make the mm-hmm. audience of that time laugh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Which so movies so many movies like did. Yeah. Especially like that genre. Yeah. Okay. Um well that's all we really have to say about Fast and Furious. Like those movies are seriously worth a watch. I think if you I, I think. Watch them, don't watch all of them. No, I think you should. You think so? I, I mean, I think we both kind of have the same list of favorites. Where yeah. I think the ones, the ones that we unanimously agree are most worth a watch are one, two, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. Like those four are the pinnacle, but it's like to me, like this is kind of what I, okay. This is what I was trying to say earlier when I was like talk when I was like talking about how like. To appreciate Fast and Furious, you sort of need to have, like, a certain level of whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Fast and Furious is, like, the pinnacle of just, like, like galaxy that. brain movies. Where it's, like, that, like if you're in any conversation, you'd be, like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious movies are insanely good. And, like, you don't even have to reach that far. It's, like, the safest galaxy brain movie series <laughs> of, all, like, all time. Because it's, like... You'll watch them and you're like, damn, these are kind of fucking, like, really yeah. good. Like, you, you like, start to really like them. And then, like, you just sort of become, like, a Fast and Furious fan. Like, I did not go into this. Absolutely. I didn't actually think that I was going to literally be a Fast and Furious fan being, like, yeah. when the fuck is the next movie coming out? Yeah. Or just, like, for anything. I didn't think that I was like going to... about Yeah, characters. I didn't think that I was going to care. I cried during Paul yeah, Walker's goodbye scene. Like, it's I was sad. in tears. Like, it was so... You spend- just seven movies with this one character who yeah. is like the one of the biggest characters in these movies mm-hmm. like next to Vin Diesel he's in almost every movie and like who I'm sure he was a nice guy like in the real world too And then, everything like, that we've ever heard about Paul Walker is that he was a really cool down to earth guy yeah and then you know it's, it's so unfortunate that he died and then mm-hmm. they just they send him off so well mm-hmm. in the movies they should get whoever coordinated that to do um, Leia's scenes in oh, yeah. Episode Nine. <laughs> that's what that's what uh, that's what Star Wars needs. Um, but yeah, like it's not that all of them are worth a watch, but it's like if you if you really I I'm not going to be upset if somebody just did one two and then five to the end because yeah. three and four are the weakest ones for sure. Three is Tokyo Drift, which is compl- it's like sort of relevant, but it's like not really. It becomes relevant later on, but it's a bad movie. And, and it doesn't even really because they go back to Tokyo and um, only because of Han. Well, yeah, but 
you see them go, they have like clips from Tokyo Drift. Yeah, with I guess the kid, that's true. And then Han's death. Yeah. So. I was trying to avoid saying that, but oh, yeah, I oh, guess sorry. that's fine. No, it's fine. Um. Yeah. Oh, my mouth is I'm like off all the stuff off my fingers, and it just made my mouth really hot. Yeah. But yeah. Really good movies, man. Really enjoyable. Um, and that's that's kind of it. You know, yeah. give them a watch. I think if you if you're curious even remotely, I really think that anyone's gonna come to find that they're actually like pretty solid movies. Yeah. So we covered Fast and Furious, great fucking movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and after we finished Fast and the Furious, we went back and watched all the Mission Impossible movies because we wanted to have context before the new one came out mm -hmm. and I was kind of curious so we watched all of those not really as good as Fast and Furious um some serviceable movies but I kind of thought they were just okay yeah me too I think the first one I really really enjoyed the first one um it was one of those movies that like I felt like I probably would have if, if I had never seen anything from that movie beforehand like the like the fucking like the hanging from the ceiling thing or like this message will self-destruct in five seconds or like any of like the um the memorable aspects that have kind of remained from mission impossible i feel like i w i feel like that would have been like a fucking mind buster for me yeah. like if that if i did not know anything because i thought the movie was really good already yeah but then it's like if you added in all that other stuff like i feel like if i didn't know any of that i would have got my shit rocked by this movie like i still thought it was good though no i still thought it was good but it was definitely holding it back a little bit like that happens to me sometimes because yeah. I didn't start watching movies for so long. Like, the same thing is the case for, like, The Shining and, like, Jurassic Park where it's, like, I know... You're, like, expected. I already like, knew yeah. all those things happened. So then when they happen, it's not really, like, as, like, big of a deal as it would be as if I was just watching it for the first time. Like, you know, like, I already knew about the blood elevator and The Shining and the twins and, like, literally, like, every big scene. Like, yeah. and most of that I already knew from watching, like, The Simpsons because they had this Treehouse of Horror thing that I fucking loved. I used to watch it all the time. But it was like Homer and the family goes into um, the Shining situation, whatever. But like he goes crazy because there's like no pizza and no beer. Oh like God. and like he can't get pizza and there's no beer in there. And he goes crazy because there's like no pizza and no beer. And that's oh the whole God. thing. And like it's like the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It's like um, like no pizza, no beer make Homer go crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's super funny. And um and you said that before too like when I was showing you like all the Star Wars movies for the first time like you knew yeah. some things from like Family, Family Guy. Guy because Family Guy had yeah. this entire thing where they did all of the movies but they replaced all the characters with Family Guy characters and like Family Guy jokes but Star Wars was a little different Star, like, Star Wars I really enjoyed regardless and maybe that's just an exception to the rule because I, I think or not even an exception I mean what am I trying to say like I don't even think Star Wars is an exception to the rule because I think the same thing where if I didn't know any of this shit and I was watching it for the first time, it would have just rocked my shit. Mm -hmm. I think that was just really good on its own to the point where it just stood up on its own really well. Where, like, I, I did still like The Shining, but, like, Jurassic Park might be a better example where, like, I wasn't super fucking impressed by it because, yeah. like, it's, like, a long movie and, like, nothing happens in between these insanely memorable scenes. Yeah, that's... So it's like it was mostly just watching like just long scenes of dialogue and then some really cool shit that I was like waiting for already. That's interesting that you say that because like I think I've mentioned this before like kind of going back to Star Wars 
um, how I usually do, always go back to Star mm-hmm. Wars. Um, but like about how there are these these iconic things that you don't really like if you haven't seen the movies, you don't know about them in context. Mm-hmm. And like especially if you like are if you watched them at the age where like you weren't old enough to understand. Like I grew up watching Star Wars, but like I I grew up liking them because I thought they were fun mm-hmm. and I don't think any of like the big twists clicked with me because mm-hmm. I was a kid and I couldn't process them and that's why I'm really thankful now especially for people like you who didn't grow up with Star Wars who didn't like have any memories of like watching the prequels as a kid like I do like <clears throat> we have these new Star Wars movies that we can like process the twists mm-hmm. and we can like actually have like memorable moments does yeah. that make sense yeah like, even with, like, watching, like, the prequels growing up, when I was, like, a reasonable age-ish to, like, understand them, but, like, there were no big twists in, like, The Phantom Menace or, like, Attack of the Clones, and then I never saw Revenge of the Sith until <laughs> I was, <laughs> like, in high school. Well, you, you should tell that story real quick about why you didn't see Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah, so... When Revenge of the Sith came out, it was, I think, 2006, because I was in sixth grade, and I was so excited, because I grew up with, obviously, the originals, but, like, the prequels were more my thing, because they were, I mean, they were marketed towards kids. Like, George Lucas says that, like, Star Wars is a kid's movie, and, like, they made Jar Jar Binks so that they could appeal to the kids like me. I, I was, like, the peak age to be, like, enjoying the prequels. So, like, I loved the prequels. I loved, like, Padme was my favorite character. I had, like, books of, like, Padme's, like, costumes and, like, her handmaiden's costumes. And I had, like, my cousin and I would play with, like, the Hot Wheels toys of, like, the Naboo, like, um, ships that they had and, like, the Phantom Menace. And so I loved the prequels. And when I was in sixth grade, like, around the time when, like, Revenge of the Sith was starting to come out, or, like, the trailers and stuff, where I was so excited, and I had a friend in my class, and she was, like, a big Star Wars fan, too, and I, this is, like, part of the story, um, but we were, like, really excited for, like, the day that it was gonna come out, and we were, like, it was, like, a Friday, well, obviously it was a Friday, because movies come out on Fridays, and we're, like, okay, next day, let's both wear, um, Padawan braids in our hairs to, like, celebrate Star Wars the next day, and I was, like, okay, and then the next morning, I was gonna do it, and I got, like, too much anxiety, and I got, like, too nervous, I was, like, oh, what if she doesn't do it, like, what if I'm the only one wearing, like, a Padawan braid in my hair, so I didn't do it, and she was really mad at me, (laughs) but that's not the story, um, but, like, that weekend, me and my mom and my dad and my friend Sydney, um, who like lived down the street from me, we were going to see Run to the Sith. We were in the car and we were so excited and then we get to the movie and I have like such a vivid memory of this because it just, I just, whenever I think of Revenge of the Sith, this is the first thing I think of. This is like one of the most vivid memories I have from my childhood. We were walking into the theater. We were, like, stepping onto the curb to walk into the theater. And my dad was just, like, making conversation with me. And we were, like, talking about school because it was, like, a Friday night. We were just, like, talking about school. And he, like, asked me just, like, in passing, like, oh, did you finish your homework? 
And I was like, no, but I was going to either after the movie or this weekend or something. And my dad got so mad at me that we didn't go see the movie. We got back in the car and we went home so I could finish my homework. And I was so scarred from that moment that I didn't see her under the sin until I was like in high school, like years later. So, yeah, that's my Revenge of the Sith story. <laughs> Absolutely fucking body. I know. Just fucking rock. I know. Eternally. I know. Have you ever told your dad that story? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he remembers it, but I, I think I told him and he thought it was really funny. I think I actually told him either when we were going to see The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens with him. Because mm. I remember you being there. Okay, yeah. I don't remember that, but I'm sure you're right. <laughs> But anyways, Mission Impossible. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first one I thought, again, I, I mean, I'm kind of reiterate, but yeah, the first one I thought was really good, but like, it was sort of just held back by its own goodness, mm-hmm. sort of its own like ability to last, withstand the year. It was fine. It was, it was really good. It was probably my favorite one. And then we skipped two just because it was really polarizing and we kind of wanted to get a grasp on the series so we could have like a fair, like a fair judgment of like the second one, like. Similar to how when we watched Star Wars for the first time, we watched all of them except for The Phantom Menace because we were kind of like, we didn't really want, first of all, either that to be the first or for that to be the fourth movie we saw. We kind of wanted to like get through them all and then um, just so we could like adequately and fairly judge it um, just because it's just not really moving on. Oh, God. That's Jeff moving his water bowl. God, he's so fucking loud sometimes. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it was the same thing where we didn't really want to watch two like right after one just because we knew it was so different. So we didn't watch it. Yep. Um, and I don't think we're actually going to watch it. But like, so we skipped to three and three was fine. I, I like Philip Seymour Hoffman. So yeah, I thought that was fun to kind of just see him in that just because like I always forget that he died. But I, I was like seeing him and stuff just because I always thought he was a really good actor and I've always enjoyed like all of his roles and I don't know. Yeah. Gone too soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I thought that one was pretty serviceable. But it was it was definitely like sort of like a middle point. Like you could kind of tell like where the series was going, but it hadn't really gotten there yet. It was still pretty like, like finding its footing a little. Yeah, bit. it it was still sort of more rooted in like um, what's this like? What am I trying to say? Like it was more rooted in like the police or government aspect of it compared to like the actual like action and stunt work things. Like there was a scene like where they're on like a highway bridge. And someone fires like a bazooka at Tom Cruise and it like hits right next to him and he like flies sideways yeah. into a car window. And I was like, like the second I saw that, I was like, they knew where this was going. Yeah. Like I was like that scene, cause I remember seeing that scene in the trailer and I was like, that scene, like I don't see you might be able to trace like through the rest of the movie for like the stunt work force of it. Cause it mm-hmm. just looked so nice. But this was like back in, fuck, I think I was a sophomore in high school. So that was like 2008, mm-hmm. I think. And so yeah, it was kind of, it's it's it was definitely like early on, but then it was like you could kind of tell like especially yeah. because immediately watching Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation where they kind of went with it, you're kind of like okay, they like took that thing. They, they knew like, where they wanted is, to go. Yeah, this like, is what we want to do for the yeah. rest of the movies. Kind of like going back to Fast and Furious, how like the movies at first were about really like, racing, yeah. and then they added like, like racing and like um like the black market underworld and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and then like, they added in the fourth movie they added the um what's it called the what what is it 
The what? Not the bank. The Oh, the vault? That yeah, was the, the fifth vault. movie. Oh, okay. Well, they added like that. Yeah, that movie they added the rock and they had the big, the big vault, the vault chasing. Chase, yeah. yeah. And then from there on, it was like just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. So it's like kind of like that where they find their niche kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They like they found where their footing for the rest of the series yeah. and yeah, Fast and Furious definitely did that where Four was pretty like eh, whatever, and then five came in and they were like, let's do this shit bigger, mm-hmm. and then it's like that set up for like even bigger movies of six and seven and eight is debatably bigger, which is a fine movie, but it was just sort of like all the non-action portions of it I thought were a lot weaker. Yeah, but like the action is still very good. Um, but yeah, like three was definitely that like stepping stone movie where it's like this is really good on its own, but mm-hmm. like based on like it's it's gonna go down as more of like an influence movie for the rest of the series than one that like continues to stand out because like after that like four and five were were a lot bigger and four and five were perfectly fine movies yeah but like 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 they're just kind of like they're okay yeah they're good movies but they just didn't connect they're good yeah they're good movies that like i cannot remember a single thing from me neither except for like certain pinpoints of action and it's sort of like those movies that like they, they only really exist in that portion of your brain that like like what am i trying to say that like gets scarred by something you know like in like like for horror movies like you know you remember the, the times where you're yeah. like oh shit like or like for you know certain like for big twists like you know you remember you remember the times where your brain starts to panic mm-hmm. and i feel like that's the only thing that really resonated from four and five or like those moments where i was like my palms were sweating, like when he's climbing up the Bush, the Bruj Khalifa, the Wiz Khalifa Tower in uh, in Dubai, and mm-hmm. I was just like, and like I knew that they were gonna do that already. Yeah. Like I already knew that scene was coming, and yeah. I was still like, oh, yeah. like fuck, like but like, I don't fucking remember anything else yeah, in that movie. Like I remember almost nothing from those movies, and it's like they're really good movies that like sort of just slip by afterwards you know like i don't know like no i agree like just that perfect level of like three and a half to four star movie where you watch it and you're like great and then you go to sleep and your brain just throws all the information away because it's just not necessary anymore you know like and so i don't know i don't really have like i don't really have any like valid criticisms of them yeah like i thought that they were perfectly fine movies Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying like they just in terms of like non-action stuff i found them pretty unmemorable and not super super great five was good like four like i'm not well i mean four good too but like five was a little bit of a step above four but like still i don't really even remember a lot of it um but this is all sort of in this is all heading towards the summit of mission impossible fallout Mm -hmm. which was a phenomenal movie like insanely good movie um and i guess like i didn't really bring this up to to be that segue but i'll take it anyways where mission impossible fallout is the opposite where it's a really well not the opposite it's the half opposite where it's a really good really great action movie but it's also memorable in the ways of or it's memorable in the times where there isn't action mm-hmm. i guess is what i'm trying to say like all of that like there were there was no fucking stopping on that movie yeah like there were almost no points in that movie where like there was like you, a lull yeah there was no lulls in that movie yeah. whatsoever the whole time especially like once you pass through like the halfway mark of that movie like you just start getting so stressed out mm-hmm. and so nervous and so anxious. And I feel like it's kind of that Fast and Furious thing again where it's like, even though I didn't enjoy the past movies, I still kind of got, like, attached to the characters. Mm-hmm. And so with this one, it felt like it was so... It was 
so much more like higher stakes than the rest of the movie that I was so nervous that like some of my like favorite characters were gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, you those movies really do like. There's always a certain amount of like predictability mm-hmm. in movies like this. Like it's it's a, it's very similar to like the Marvel movies, like the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe, where like there are like moments where you're panicking, but then it's kind of like there's a piece of you that kind of understands that yeah. it's all going to work out for the best. Yeah. But, like, Mission Impossible is kind of in that in-between point between, like, movies that don't give a shit. Like Star like The Last Jedi. Like The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like The Last Jedi. And then, like... Like The Last Jedi and Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean... Parts of Infinity I, parts War. Of Infinity because War. I think my theory with Infinity War is, like, some of the characters that we like are gonna come back, but some of them I don't think are gonna be like I don't want to say the word redeemed, but I can't think of any resurrected. I guess yeah. So because they have to pave the way for like the new wave, but like yeah. like Thor is gonna come back, like Spider Man's gonna come, like like. It, I'd put Infinity War on the. And I'm just trying to start not to interrupt. No, it's okay. I I would almost put Infinity War on the opposite side of the spectrum of no stakes, because like half the characters that died have movies coming out next no, year. No, I know. You know, and I so mean, it's like, like... Like, I... That's what I mean, is, like, we know that, like, Black Panther <clears throat> and, like, Spider-Man are gonna come back, and, like, characters, like... Guardians those, of the Galaxy 3 yeah, is they're, next Yeah, like, they're gonna come back, but, like, there are others that probably aren't. Like, we're probably never gonna see them again. Yeah, I think that's fair, but, like... So that's why I'm at, like, halfway. I also don't know how you can resurrect some characters but not others, though, is the other thing. I, Captain Marvel only has so much power. She can only... Yeah, I guess we do know it's Captain Marvel. Well, we don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Here's my theory. So, the Disney merger... Okay, I get this. Oh, no. So, Pirates of the Caribbean is going to join the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe. It's going to be... uh, It's going to be... That's what I'm saying. It's Disney. They're going to join. It's all part of the same thing now. So, Jack Sparrow, okay, Mm -hmm. fucking Will Turner, Mm -hmm. and... uh, What's Kieran Knightley's character? Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan. Okay, they're all going to join the MCU. Okay, and Jack Sparrow, as you remember from the award-winning movie, um, Dead Men Tell No Tales. No, 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 not Dead Men Tell No Tales. At World's End. Okay. He has died, and they went into purgatory or hell or whatever the fuck uh-huh. that was, uh-huh. and they brought him back. Uh-huh. That's how they're going to get them back. Sure. It's going to be Captain Marvel. Teaming it with Jack Sparrow. On a ship. Exa- on the, Black, on the Pearl. Black Pearl. Yes, exactly. On the Black Pearl, they're going to go over the they world's end. The ship over. Over, the, over flat Earth, because I forgot that our world's end proves that the world is flat. True. Um, but there's that really good track that plays during that. What is it? It's a good part of the soundtrack. I only remember the... the that's the only thing that I remember. Oh, no, that's not it. Okay. I'll play it for you later. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go over the world's end, over the edge of the flat earth, uh-huh. down into Davy Jones's locker, and all the Marvel characters are going to be there just talking to themselves and going insane. Okay. I- Iron Man's going to be like talking to his crabs. own suit. Yeah, there's going to be those, exactly those crabs. There's going to be like, you know, all the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be on their and own then ships. they're going to find them, and they're going to come back, and they're going to find the ice wall. Yeah. The yep. world is flat. Absolutely. Oh, but don't forget about the secret government soldiers that protect the ice wall. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah. These are all Marvel superheroes. All those guys are gonna die like, immediately. Yeah. And they're gonna break up the ice wall, and the ice wall is gonna melt, and it's gonna drown Thanos. 
and they're everyone's back yep. except they couldn't find iron man and so iron man's dead what? <laughs> uh, that, he's the sacrifice. Oh, wait, no, he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. Oh, he's fuck. Fine. I forgot. Or is he? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. We thought that he was going to die. But then, got, a, but then yeah, he, he lives. Yeah, he got fucking massacred with his own weapon. I know. And then he just, like, paced himself up with some foam. And then he's like, okay, well, that would be weird. Because he's strong. Strong. But we, like, Iron I don't man. know. See, that's what's funny. Like, that's what's so funny about Infinity War is like the stakes are so fucked yeah. up because you're like because Iron Man gets just absolutely bodied by Thanos and you're yeah. like well he's gonna die and then he's like one of the only six people that survive mm-hmm. and you're like oh okay yeah. well like that's a switcheroo and then oh god I, god, <laughs> I didn't realize I snapped that's so funny um, yeah it's just anyways that's my um, Avengers four theory. Okay. That's why Disney were like they had to get that merger done. They have to bring the pirate. It all it all rests on Jack Sparrow's shoulders. Yeah. The hands of Johnny Depp, yeah. the one person we are so desperately missing from the MCU. Yeah. Jack Sparrow, <laughs> Johnny Depp. Yeah. The other thing, okay, drawing more parallels from um, Pirates of the Caribbean to Mission Impossible. Why? It is really funny. It's not really, but it's really funny. Like these movies. I don't remember if I brought this up on a previous podcast because it was a long time ago. So if I did, you have to forgive me. But like, it is really funny how these movies with these um, signature songs or these signature soundtrack pieces, like it does not matter what happens because the second that that soundtrack plays, you're like, oh, we're fine. Like with Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like they're they're yeah. and they're circling a giant monsoon, firing cannons like on the tip of whatever, and like Evan or a fucking Will Turner is on the other boat about to die yeah. with his heart in a chest and you're like how the fuck and then it's and you're like okay well they're gonna get done somehow <laughs> I guess and like it's like I call it the Indiana Jones theorem mm-hmm. where like you could do anything you wanted to Indiana Jones you could shoot him in the head with a gun he's on the ground bleeding and then all of a sudden how does the Indiana Jones theme go again it's uh I can't think of it oh, off the top fuck. of my head. I should go? know it. But the Indiana yeah. Jones theme plays, and you're like, what? Okay. And then all of a sudden, he opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's like, you see, he's just like dead. His head has been cut off. And then it's dun 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 dun. And his eyes like pop yeah. open, and his two veins pop out of his neck, and he goes, yeah. and he runs back to his body, uh, and it like reattaches itself like the thing. Then he gets up, John and he's Carpenter's like, and he just cracks his whip, and you're like, that was close. He almost died. But it's like, that's the way it is in Mission Impossible, where. Or like um, in like Star Wars, like Poe Dameron does just something stupid, but then you hear like Poe's theme, or yeah. like the resistance theme. Yeah, in the oh, yeah, yeah, you're exactly. like, oh, well, he's fine. He's a dumbass. You know but he's that. Fine. It's, he's going to do some bullshit, evasive maneuver, and he's going to yeah. be great. But that's how it is in Mission Impossible, too, because it's like, you're like, holy shit, like Tom Cruise is fighting Superman on the edge of a mountain. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> like, he's like, and then all of a sudden it's. Um, fuck, I, I can't remember the Mission Impossible theme either. It's, uh... Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, let's see what he's happens. Fine, yeah. And then he just ends up being fine. He's, like, like he's trying to climb up the side of that cliff, and there's, like, oh 20 seconds remaining, and he's, like, a full, like, 20 seconds away, yeah. and you're like, dun, dun, dun. And you're like, okay. And then, it, like, yeah. they, they did that flash of white that I thought was really funny. Like, yeah. it's like, and then it comes back, and he's just, oh, like, did that in hovering. Whoa, what if? What? The flash of light is the snap? <laughs> the flash snap? of light is the snap. 
He's like, ha, 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 you thought you could beat me. And Tom Cruise is just like, fuck, I really thought I could do it. And he's like, you can see him like, <clears throat> and he's like, you all right? You all right? He's like, uh, and then he fades away in the wind and the ticker just like falls to the ground. Oh and he's God. like, okay. And he just takes it out. And now everyone's saying. has the infinity gauntlet. Um, but Ethan Hawke, um, wait, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hunt, Hawk? <laughs> Ethan Hunt. <laughs> um, takes the Infinity Gauntlet and he just takes the, the key out of it to the, uh, the, what's it called? The, the timer is the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. He just takes it out of the thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when that, when that music plays, you're like, it's almost you like know, a security like yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, cause you really, it, it like, those movies like bring you up to like the brink of anxiety. You're like, oh, and then like, I feel like that is what like sort of brings you back and it being like oh that's just, right these are these like iconic movies I know, that like I, will continue to like I was just withstand. so like stressed out and anxious though because like I just I feel like I have trust issues now after The Last Jedi and Infinity War I feel yeah. like nobody's safe I thought that somebody was gonna die yeah I thought like, so too I thought like Simon Pegg characters I thought, character it'd be, I thought it was gonna, gonna be Luther oh, yeah. I thought that they were like edging towards that because yeah. in the beginning when Tom Cruise shoots Luther but oh, he has his thing yeah. on and it's like the whole thing is based around like oh you can't like we can't trust you to do this like because you value one, one man's person. life the same as yeah. a million and like that's a weakness but it's like it's not a weakness but I thought that that's what they were setting up for which I'm glad they didn't I thought it was better this way that he just continued being who he is mm -hmm. but I thought that that's what they were leading towards was that he was gonna have to pull the trigger on somebody yeah, to too. save the world like I thought it was gonna I thought that it was gonna have to be Luther and like it was sort of like that not really like a redemption mm -hmm. scene, but it was sort of, it would be sort of a redemption scene for Tom Cruise yeah. where like it sort of, it showed like his quote unquote growth mm -hmm. that like he can be a valuable agent and like be trustworthy and shit and whatever. Like I wasn't going to be happy about I'm it, but I, I thought that that's what they were leading yeah. towards. They didn't even like insinuate towards that though, which is like yeah. funny. Well, like they didn't even like, yeah. there wasn't even like a moment where he would have had to consider that again. Mm -hmm. You know, like if that's what they were going to do, they would have had him you know need to like potentially kill simon Pegg or yeah. ving rames or whoever like well i mean there was the thing with his wife where there was he, it was um it was like he's always gonna like be protective of his wife and that was the whole thing of like why they moved his wife there i guess his ex-wife now but like his his ex-wife where she was because they thought that he was gonna value yeah. her over like everybody else but i guess that's true yeah, yeah. Like he kind of did both. It wasn't a, that wasn't. I mean, yes, you're you're definitely correct that that is what they did. But it wasn't a straightforward. I guess is what yeah. I was saying. Like, it, like, what I was picturing was literally like another scene of like Henry Cavill with his wife at gunpoint, being yeah. like, "Your wife or the thing," and like making him pick, which would have made that would have also made a lot I of wish sense. That that was his actual line that that happened. Your wife or the thing. <laughs> That's like they're the, on the edge of the cliff, and it's just he's just holding. Like, Henry Cavill is just holding his wife on the edge. He's like. I drop your wife or I drop the bomb. Or I drop the thing. <laughs> yeah, like, shoot, like, your choice, Ethan, like, yeah. all kind of setting, but then it's, like, the music plays and you're like, oh, he's gonna get both somehow, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I thought it was gonna be a really straightforward scene like that where yeah. they were really gonna, he was gonna actually have to pick. Yeah. Like, 
and I don't know. I'm glad they did it anyway. Whether it would be his wife or whether it was going to be you know Luther's character or Simon Pegg's character or whatever. Like, I, I'm glad it didn't happen. But I was expecting sort of like a straightforward you know character growth scene. Whether it was whether he was going to do it or not, because I guess in this context he would have found a way to not do it again. But mm-hmm. I was expecting something of that ilk. Um, but what they did was fine too. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, The only other stuff, I mean, we kind of have, like, just how good they are there. We could talk about how, we could talk about, like, Mission Impossible, non-Mission Impossible things. Like, how every single action movie that's really good now is going to be the new Fury Road or whatever. But it's, like, it's not really. I I think, I don't know why everyone, like, sleeps on comparing things to John Wick. Because John Wick seems to be, like, both the style of action and the more cinematic parallel compared to Fury Road. Like, to me, Fury Road's an outlier. Mm-hmm. Like, Fury Road is just that, it's like just some random, like, movie that just like, went so out of left field to do whatever. And I feel like John Wick is the one that actually yeah. inspired Fallout more it's than Fury so Road. It's so hard for me to even classify Fury Road as an action movie because it's yeah. so far beyond that sort of genre Yeah, that, like, it's, like, it's just not. There's just so many different pieces that, like, yeah. action movies haven't paralleled since then so i don't really know how that's like I, I just don't always believe it as like the constant parallel when it's like the action isn't the same the directing isn't the same the color grading isn't the same or even just the color yeah. in general like you would think that like these movies would get more and more vibrant but in really like they kind of didn't mm-hmm. like they did get more neon because mm-hmm. of john wick, john wick yeah. but like they didn't get more vibrant they didn't yeah. get larger you know they didn't have these grandiose scenes of action that like it just seems like like all those movies of like hand to hand combat like all those scenes I mean the hand to hand combat is real close to like John Wick's style of like, like gun f- what is it called gun gun fu now is the thing we oh, watched yeah, a video gun on it gun fu yeah. is what it's called I mean it is just like martial arts though yeah which is what it means just yeah. really gun yeah like it seems to me like that's the closer parallel and John Wick did come out before Fury Road mm-hmm. you know I, to me that seems like the the like the more correct parallel but. I mean, Hero's better than John Wick, but I, I just mean, I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, when you're comparing these movies, it's like, no one would even think twice of comparing Atomic Blonde to Fury Road. So why does Mission Impossible Fallout get that thing? I like, don't know. And I'm not, I'm not even really, like, directly referencing. I think, I don't know if it started with David Ehrlich, but his thing about how, like, he, because I remember he, he wrote a thing saying that Mission Impossible Fallout was Fury Road level good. And that's not even what I'm, like, referencing i just mean in general like that whole conversation i guess because i think what he was saying was like the level of enjoyability or like the level like how good he thought it was Mm -hmm. is fury road level which is fair like yeah you're like of course you're allowed to enjoy things as much as you enjoyed fury road but like i just it's just so funny how that's always like the new like the new fury road comparison but it's like okay it's a new fury road but like where's the scene that directly parallels the thousand foot sandstorm thunderstorm like the the storm system of sand thunder like all those fucking things like a movie is gonna be like another movie there has to be some sort of like connecting thread more of a parallel between the way that they're made and like the intention and stuff like that like you can say that like i think it's we should stop saying like this movie is the new that movie it's it should be like this movie made me feel the same way as that movie yeah which is which is fair i mean that's all subjective reception unless it's like atomic blonde where it's like it makes sense to compare atomic blonde to john wick yeah I mean, yeah I mean, it was also made by the same guy but 
I know, but I'm just saying. No, I know. I wasn't saying that as like a means of arguing with you or yeah. like proving you wrong. I was just saying like that's another reason. But yeah. Um. But yeah, like these movies kind of draw back to Fast and Furious. Like these two movies definitely exist in that plane of like like complete suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. is what makes it good mm-hmm. you know like I, like you could so easily like say Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible like oh it's just like none of this stuff could actually happen whatever stuff and it's just like that's the point that, I feel like that's the point because like I feel like, fa- like Fast and Furious has that reputation of being like just all of these grandiose set pieces like the big vault or like the big wrecking ball or the submarine scene yeah. and like Furious 8 or, or just the fact that Vin Diesel stomps his foot on the ground and it causes a parking structure to like trigger a collapse. Yeah. Like that, like that's like you know, the whole, like, like Last Jedi thing too, where they released the bombs mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Oh, how there's no gravity in space." And it's like, please just suspend your disbelief for like two seconds to enjoy this movie. Yeah. Like, to, like that's just like emission. Like, but like I guess what I'm, what I actually wrote down was like sort of one of those things of like, why does Mission Impossible get away with it when like Fast and Furious is always yeah. like doesn't like, I guess it's like Mission Impossible is the more like filme like version yeah. of like Fast and Furious where like, it doesn't it gets more credit because it's like a more well done movie like which is fine like. But like the James Wan Fast and Furious movies ooh. are so good. Those are only the one, but yeah. I thought he made he, two. He only did seven. Oh, okay. Well, seven's he, he my did favorite. The, he did the one where Vin yeah. Diesel stomps on the ground and shares a parking structure That's my collapse. favorite one. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. I feel like they should just be held... Hold hold your stupid movies to the same standard as good movies. <laughs> That's my hill on or the your good Or your good movies to the same standard as bad movies, too. Yeah. Like, it goes both ways, but like... Yeah, it's just funny how, like, Mission Impossible gets away with all of this stuff. Like, in the first Mission Impossible, someone's flying a helicopter through a train tunnel. Yeah. And the helicopter is, like, visibly smaller than the train tunnel, even though when it's outside, the helicopter is, like, bigger than the fucking train. Yeah. Or, like, at least as big as the train. Definitely wider than the train with the blades and stuff like that, but it's, like... It is interesting to, like, watch the progression of, like, the first Mission Impossible movie, or the first, like, couple ones, to, like, what they are now. And, like, why Fast and Furious didn't have the same, like, rise. Yeah. I literally watched... you Like, Ethan Hunt gets in a head-on collision on a motorcycle at, like, 80 miles an hour, and he rolls out of it. Yeah, then And he's, he's completely yeah. unaffected by it. He has a limp. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. He just walked with a limp for, like, two seconds, and then it's just and gone it's for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, you cannot tell me that. Like, yeah. And it's like, I saw that, and I was like, like, I, I'm not going to get mad at it, because yeah. I am... A distinguished, very intelligent, high IQ film fan, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna suspend my disbelief because I care about the sanctity of movies. Yeah. You know, gonna drink my wine and sure. eat my cheese real quick uh-huh. with my pinky up. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like I kind of saw that, and I was like, you can't. Like, part of me was kind of like, you, you, sh- you shouldn't be able yeah. to do that. Like, I feel like what's funny is, like, that was the scene that was too far for me, yeah. which is really <laughs> funny. Like, they're both dangling out the air. Like, there's a whole, like, that whole helicopter collision scene where yeah. they're, like, they're, like, maneuvering through these two helicopters that are free-falling down a cliff. Mm-hmm. And they're only being held up by, like, one hook that just happens to keep getting caught on things. And yeah. it's, like, like all that's fine, but, you know, Ethan Hunt getting in a head-on collision and rolling out of it is too far. But, yeah. like, it is pretty far, but, like... Yeah. To me, it was more of a signifier that, like, you kind of have to, like, you, like, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. 
like okay so with soccer mm-hmm. a lot of people hate soccer because there's a lot of diving and it's sort of one of those things where it's like okay but have you considered that like it's a strategic point in the soccer game where it's a point of strategy where like when someone completes a successful dive they get possession of the ball mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like have you consider that maybe soccer isn't bad because there's diving but that there's completely there's a complete untapped point of strategy in diving that makes soccer so good because like when you dive you get to place the ball wherever you get great offensive chances and like to me like it's like doesn't make more sense to consider diving a pivotal a pivotal aspect of soccer that's really important compared to like shitting on soccer because of it and like that's almost sort of like closer to the parallel that i draw of like shouldn't you just willingly choose to accept the fact that these things are going to happen because they're so fun yeah. and because they're so impossible, that's what makes it so fun. Like maybe it doesn't decrease the stakes or decrease the value, but maybe it gives these movies a chance to create these set pieces that are completely impossible simply of their own effect to yeah. be so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's sort of like, it's almost like you sort of have to choose. Like you, you have to decide to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, like I think to really appreciate these movies, you have to accept these impossible scenarios as fact yeah. simply in the universe simply the so universe. you could have the best movie experience possible like i almost feel like you have to you have to choose the ability to have a great movie experience because if you don't you're just going to be disappointed by these things where it's like yeah obviously this can't happen all of these things can't yeah. happen even the non-action things can't happen there are yeah. so many coincidences and so many things that can never be the case like you yeah. can, they cannot hide that guy's dead fucking bloody body in the bathroom yeah and just have no one notice like they can't have like you can't uh, none of these things can happen like there's no way that tom cruise can skate through all of these scenarios untouched and get out of these things it's like and so it's like one of those things where it's like if you're gonna get mad at that you have to get mad at everything and if you're gonna get mad at everything why are you watching the movie and if you're watching that thing saying why am i watching this movie like, what's the fun in that? So you may as well just go full out and just accept everything mm-hmm. compared to, like, picking and choosing your things. Because yeah. to me, like it's that like... that goes for, like, everything, too. Yeah. You do or you don't? No, it does. Yeah, okay, yeah. For, like, just big movies that... I don't know. Like, it's just like so... It's, it Honestly, it, you could watch any movie and just shit on every single, like, little pivotal point. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, why are you watching movies? Yeah. You know, it's like this. I don't want to talk about this for a really long time, but a real quick anecdote of when we saw the when we saw a Quiet Place, mm-hmm. like there were people all around us the whole time that were just like trying to be smarter than the movie, yeah. and like maybe I could only like I think a Quiet Place almost sort of like I don't, I don't think it backfired, but like it was kind of funny how it was such a quiet movie. All it did was just make me listen to everyone around me having like small conversations that I yeah. otherwise wouldn't have heard. But in those conversations, all I kept hearing was like people trying to be smarter than the movie. And maybe this is because it was a horror movie and horror movies attract the, like the most entry level movie fans, like just because they're just like raw fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things where it's like people, it's like people just kept trying to be smarter than the movie and they didn't like the movie because they were able to be smarter than it. And I was like, there's a piece of me that was like, these people don't sound like they like movies. Yeah. <laughs> like the more that they were talking about the stuff, I was like do you like movies? Like it was the thought in my head. I was like, if all you do is come here and try to like shit on the movie and like pick apart every point of the movie and every plot hole and try to predict the movie and try to do all these things. So it's like, are you enjoying this? Mm-hmm. And if you are like, 
like are you sure that you like movies or do you just like being smarter than something yeah. you know like and I don't know it was just one of those things where it was like a moment for me where I was kind of like are there like a section of movie fans that are movie fans because they hate movies <laughs> like that's like all Star Wars. Movies. Yeah, and like yeah, exactly. The Last Jedi is another one where it's just like, do you actually like these movies or do you just like being smarter than yeah, them? Yeah, you just like being smart and yeah. complaining about all the stuff that the movie didn't do. That you Does it just make you do? feel better about yourself to yeah. be smarter than the bad Last Jedi? Oh, the Last Jedi sucked. I was able to pick apart all the none of these things could happen. All these things were bullshit, and it's just like okay, Hank, but like, why did you see? Did you see yeah. the movie expecting to like it? Well, I figured I knew it was going to suck. It's like, okay, then why the fuck are you watching? Like, yeah. what, did you try to like it? Or did you just come here to shit on it? Because mm-hmm. if you're coming here to just shit on the movie, like, you, like obviously you're going to succeed regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's just sort of what it made me feel like. It was just yeah. one of those things where it's like, if you're going to watch these movies and be held up by plot holes, like, it just seems like that's something that you're looking to do. You know, like, and I'm not saying that, like, there aren't plot holes that take me out of the movie like that the head-on collision took me immediately out of the movie and i literally made a conscious choice to say okay i don't care mm-hmm. you know i'm like i'm not saying that like it's impossible to get swayed off by plot holes that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be but it's just one of those things where it's like I, I just think it's so much more fun to just not give a shit about yeah. potential plot points especially in action and i think that that is a necessary stipulation for watching like mission impossible and fast and furious mm-hmm. is what i'm is what i'm getting around to saying yeah i agree Okay, well, those are those two things. Um, <laughs> I have one note in here, though. Um, just something that we talked about in passing. Because we were talking about how Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Uh-huh. And then I found out the other day that the lead woman from The Handmaid's Tale, Elizabeth Moss, uh-huh. is also a Scientologist. And I didn't know that. And I was talking about how, like, <laughs> I just had this note. I'm just going to say the note. It, where it's just, like, I was talking to you about how I was, like, I really missed when the big secret in Hollywood was that somebody was either gay or Jewish, mm-hmm. but now the big secret is they're British or Scientologist. British? What do you mean British? I mean British. Like all of these, like all of these people in these big movies, you're like, oh, ha, ha. and then you hear them talking, like, oh, it oh, made, oh, yeah. really took the piss on that one, didn't I? Like Tom like, Holland, Tom Holland um, John Boyega, like. Yeah. I'm thinking I, there are Daisy really. There were tons of others where it's just like all these, like all of these British actors are just adopting american accents and they're completely invisible like to the outside spectrum where it's like it used it, it was such a simpler time when like you're like whoa that guy's gay or oh that guy's jewish okay and now it's like oh fuck he's british like oh my god they're a scientologist like what the fuck like yeah this is my moment of being of, of just not being able to, like just being too old for hollywood now i just feel like or not too old i'm sorry like too I disconnected because like i grew up in the era of like knowing that tom cruise was a piece of shit I'm not talking about just Tom Cruise. I mean, no, I, mean, I know. It was more Elizabeth I'm, Moss than Tom I Cruise. I just mean, like, in general. And so now it's, like, all these people, like, now that Fallout is, like, coming out or came out and, like, is getting really good reviews, everyone's like, um, PSA, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist and a bad person. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Did you not grow up, like, in the That's era of, yeah, like, and... tabloids of, with Tom Cruise all over them? Like, I yeah, did? him and John Travolta and shit. Yeah, like, did people just, like, collectively, like, just forget that Tom Cruise was a bad person? I didn't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't... I thought Scientology was just weird. Or that it they just, just existed weird. in this spectrum yeah, outside no. of... Well, because they, like... I don't know. There's just been really good, like, documentaries and stuff about how they're... I mean, I can't speak because I'm not a Scientologist, but... 
like ex members are just treated really poorly or mm. like stalked like stalked oh by, that's like, true i forgot about like the gang stalking stuff yeah yeah i guess that's true they're just really weird people the last thing i had was um I was just really bored on my lunch break at work, and so I was doing... There's this favorite characters bingo thing going around where people just Photoshop 24 of their favorite characters and other people can play bingo with them to see if they match up. And I wanted to make, like, the most, like, entry... Not, like, entry-level film fan, but just the most, like, bro film fan list ever and just, like, unironically tweet it out. Mm -hmm. And this is what I came up with, okay? Okay. I have Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Okay, but also... Okay, sorry, real quick. Like, a lot of these characters... I don't want to explain this joke too much, but I mean by but I what I mean by like bro film fans are like people who like people who like really like Mother, but not because Mother is like a terrifying movie or like whatever, but because they like just do not understand like why other people have a problem with it. Yeah. Or just like people who like relate to like really like shitty male characters, but they think it's because those characters are good or whatever yeah. shit. Like that's <laughs> like that's the subgenre of film fan I'm talking about. Okay. But so I have Heath Ledger's Joker. Donnie Darko, the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, um, Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver, Barney from How I Met Your Mother, Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction, Don Corleone from The Godfather, or Al Pacino from The Godfather. I couldn't I couldn't decide between the two. Probably closer to Al Pacino from following that thing, but Don Corleone is a potential too. Scarface, Tyler Durden, Iron Man, the dude from The Big Lebowski. Neo, John McClane from Die Hard, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street guy, the V from Vendetta guy, uh, Rorschach, Rick from Rick and Morty, Patrick Bateman, James Bond, Jon Snow, Hannibal Lecter, um, David Fincher's Mark Zuckerberg, Marty McFly, and then I have Jack Nicholson's character from all the whatever like a few good men or whatever the Mm -hmm. you can't handle the truth guy because everyone always glosses over the fact that that guy is like a fucking like war criminal Mm -hmm. in favor of just like thinking that that line's really funny Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that but yeah that's my list of 24 okay is that good yeah that's good good. i agree with that i couldn't think of any others no that's good okay well i might tweet that out later i might not but if not it has it's living forever on the podcast um so yeah, pretty. I mean, pretty, pretty tame first episode. We just kind of wanted to talk about these things and kind of just get back in the groove of uh, podcasting. And uh, yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, we are gonna have a new episode soon because we have been watching a lot of movies again lately. Well, we never stopped, but I mean, like a lot of we've seen a lot of new movies lately, is what I'm trying to say. So we'll have something soon with some some newer stuff, and uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. So um, I appreciate listening for anybody who is, in fact, listening. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully this is the start of a more consistent series of uh, Movie Boys podcasts again. Hopefully. Cool. Well, Movie Boys is uh, signing out now. So goodbye.